0: Episode 28 of The Paul George Show welcomes Alexis Walkenstein.
1: That led to, hey, I think you need to move to L.A. Why don't you come out here for a couple of weeks? And as I was coming out here, God was just working on me, showing me, you know, this is where you're coming and I'm going to make, I'm going to plant roots for you here. Wow. And so, yeah, so it's been, let's see, we worked on Little Boy, the movie Captive. Uh, The Young Messiah, Ben-Hur with Mark Burnett and Roma Downey. And we just wrapped up um, a huge movie called The Shack. The Paul George Show!
0: Welcome to The Paul George Show. This week, Paul welcomes Alexis Walkenstein discussing faith in Hollywood. He also reveals some strange saint relics and why you should be devoted to Mary. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the flabbergasting Paul George.
2: Welcome to the show, Paul George here. Great to be with you today. Super excited about our show today. Got a great guest coming on the show all the way from California. And right next to me, Mr. Adam Conk. Hey, Paul, how are you? Conk Tisha punk t-shirt thanks yeah that's that's nice did you just think of it you no know, i was thinking about you recently um i have these random thoughts about you
0: okay that right so that's cool i
2: guess yeah most people uh who don't know adam i mean you're just you're amazing you're a character oh. but you're 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 like a um how can i say it um a jack of all trades like you could do a ton of different things which is uh really cool like i'm not like that like i'm like
0: that's not true. I'm you like can... a
2: one-trick pony, man. What's your trick? I don't even know that. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, have you ever heard of this thing called stupid human tricks?
0: Stupid human David tricks. David Letterman used to do yes, it on the yes. night
2: show. But then, you know, it's obviously he didn't make up stupid human tricks, but yeah, he I just kind of highlighted it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Adam's got to have uh-huh. some type uh-huh. of uh-huh. stupid human trick, something that he can do that's just really odd. Do you?
0: Yeah, probably a few things. Okay. One is I could do a pretty awesome headstand. Really? Yeah, I could do it like right now on the floor if you wanted.
2: And for those of you listening, uh, I didn't prep Adam for this. No. Adam never knows what I'm coming up with in the first segment. I think
0: our listeners would believe that we don't prep for this show. They would believe that.
2: Well, we have a switch off. I don't tell Mm -hmm. you what's going on in the first segment. That's right. And you don't tell me what's going on in the last segment.
0: That's right. So everybody is surprised. And then you're super <laughs> quiet. That gives it, gives it a fresh sound. Okay, so you, you could do a headstand? Yeah, pretty pretty cool one. Like, I could do it on this counter.
2: Wow. Yeah. Impressive.
0: Thanks. All right. My brother taught me that. Okay, what else? I can juggle. Really? Um, let's see. I can solve a Rubik's Cube pretty quickly.
2: I want to see it. Okay. That's great.
0: Well, I don't have one with me.
2: Because when I was a kid, a Rubik's Cube was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, it came out. And I could never solve it. So what I would do is I'd peel the stickers off.
0: Are you serious right yeah. now?
2: I'm right now, I'm serious. Oh my gosh. So I'd peel the stickers off and Paul. then and then I would solve it that way.
0: That is one way to solve it.
2: It didn't say how to solve that's it. That's super just, creative. It just said to solve I it. I would
0: never think of that. You're very creative.
2: So that's that's how I would do it. So I, I do have one stupid human I have one stupid human trick that I can do. Now I was looking these up because I saw something on TV the other day that got me sparking. I was like, Adam probably has a stupid human trick. This kid could juggle with his hands behind his back, wow, um, handcuffed.
0: What? It was like
2: really freaky.
1: That and is freaky. one
2: time I was at a conference, and I was kind of doing some fun games with kids, like three thousand, you know, teenagers. In this conference, and I asked anybody if they could do a stupid human trick. Cause, well, tons of people raised their hand, but a group of kids started pointing at this one girl. So I figured she probably had something up her sleeve. <laughs> So I called her up, right? And I said, well, what can you do? Now, have you ever been in a restaurant or a circus or something and, you know, a clown or whatever can blow those long balloons and they can make like animals out mm-hmm, of it? Mm-hmm. So she looks at me, no lie, in front of 3,000 people. And she says, I can make Mario from Mario Brothers, the character, uh, behind my back without looking, eyes closed in 30 seconds. Wow. So all of a sudden I was like, "What? What did you just say?" And before I could even say it, like she just pulls out these balloons out, out, of, out of her pocket. pocket, oh wow, behind her back, eyes closed, and and puts together this Mario that's like two feet tall. Wow,
0: it was trippy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just right out of her pocket, ready to roll. It was. It was amazing. Did she give it to you? She gave it to me. Do you still have it?
2: That was years ago. <laughs> this one cake could snort a. Uh, noodle up his nose, make it through his mouth, and then he would string it from his nose to his mouth.
0: Dang! How did he figure that one out?
2: I don't know. He's bored one night, but anyway, I can do a I can do a toe touch,
0: a toe touch like a cheerleader,
2: like a like a toe touch.
0: <laughs> can you do it right now? That's
2: literally the only trick that I can do. It's weird because not many people can do a toe touch, and I just can do a toe touch. I don't know how I can do one.
0: Well, I bet if. You and I had a baseball and we both threw it as far as we could. Right. I bet you yours would go further. Probably. So but that's it,
2: pretty impressive. But it's not a superhuman trick.
0: I mean, throwing something very far is pretty just cool. It's a the talent. It's not superhuman. Okay. Right? Like I something guess. really silly.
2: Which <laughs> got me thinking, coming through town this past week in our town, came to our kids' school, was a first class relic of John Paul the Great, Saint John Paul the Great. A vial of his blood. Cool. Cool. That's what you have to say.
0: I love weird Catholic things like I that. I mean,
2: that to me, yeah, cool. It's just the oddest, weirdest thing to me. I mean, like, tr- you know, it's it's his blood, and it and it hasn't it's still liquefied since his death. Like, it hasn't, you know. That's a miracle,
0: isn't it? Well,
2: apparently, yeah. So it's still in liquid it? form, wow, uh, in the vial, and they travel around. I didn't know about and that. And then if you. If you touch a religious item to it, mm-hmm. your religious item, like your rosary or whatever, becomes a third-class relic.
0: Did you do this? I didn't. You didn't?
2: No, no. My wife and kids were, like, touching everything, you <laughs> know?
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
2: But it, it's strange. Like, think about it. Like, well, yeah. Like, traveling around with a, a vial of blood, and it's John Paul II, and, you know, we, we you know, venerate these relics. We don't worship the saints, but we we honor the life that they lived, and... Certainly don't know, you know, relics have this certain power, but relics are a part of like the history of the church, which is so strange to me.
0: Yeah. And I think outside looking in, people that have no familiarity with the church, this would stand out as weird.
2: Very weird.
0: Which is good because that might make them question, like, why in the world would you? which would lead to some good conversation. Right, but
2: if people don't know about relics, just think of museums. Like, why would you save stuff from history and go to this museum and view it, right, or mm-hmm. see it or read mm-hmm. about it? And, and then you're like, no, that's important. Like, we want to, we like, hold on to, to history. Well, the, the church has held on to history by, you know, holding on to relics of the saints. Yeah. We can know about them, read about them, but also touch them, <laughs> which is crazy to me. So have you have you heard of St. Uh, Geronius' blood?
0: Yes, in uh, Naples.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's pretty odd.
2: Yeah, so every year on his feast day, uh, they bring it out, September 19th, and the blood liquefies on his feast day.
0: It's wild. I mean, come on. That guy knows how to party, St. Januarius. I mean, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> He's... And I've I've heard that sometimes it doesn't, and if it doesn't, the women start fussing at Saint Januarius in Italian. Like, come on. <laughs> like getting mad until it liquefies. It's pretty awesome.
2: Uh they also have Saint Saint uh Saint Teresa uh of Avila, her hand.
0: I didn't know about that. Like
2: her whole hand. Is
0: it incorrupt or it's like just a corrupt hand?
2: There it is. You I mean, it's her her, her whole hand. Wow. It's like in a sort of this, you know, gold sort of monstrance-like looking thing. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. St. Mary Magdalene's arm.
0: Now, I did get to see her femur once. (laughs) It was in town, St. Mary Magdalene's femur. I didn't know about her arm, though. Did that change your life? Like what? (laughs) I mean, when I get to heaven, I'm going to look at her leg, and I'm going to say, yep. Yep.
2: I saw your. That was it, (laughs) just like that. Saint Catherine of Siena's head.
0: Okay, I didn't know about that one, and that looks strange.
2: It's her whole head, like the whole head in the veil, because she, you know, she was a sister. Um, so yeah, that's pretty awesome. She died of a stroke at age thirty-three. I didn't know that. Thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She did um, so much in her life.
2: Yeah, the people of Sienna wanted her body back uh, for veneration, and so they cut off her head, and they basically said, you can have her body, we'll take her head. And her head is still, it's still there.
0: I like, do think we it, would do that today.
2: Is this normal? <laughs> well, I mean, John Paul II died in 2005. Right. Right?
0: But we don't have his head in one place and his body in another, do we? Uh, I don't know about that,
2: but we did take his blood. <laughs> we drained his blood and we have it in vials and people travel around with it <laughs> and
0: well again when we get to heaven we're gonna look i at think
2: him. the church would be the best at like stupid human tricks it's like so amazing to me
0: well apparently his trick is that his blood remains liquid which is cool that's a cool trick
2: yeah yeah i mean i'd probably dry up in like an hour 30 minutes Thirty minutes tops. Ten seconds. He's dead. He's <laughs> all dried up. Leave him <laughs> <Move> alone. <on. laughs> Cremate Leave him. him here. Don't pass him around. Turn him into ashes. <laughs> That's just so wild to me. You know, like Well,
0: okay, did you ever have an experience of seeing a strange relic like that? Because you've traveled, but like actually. I saw Saint like Peter moving.
2: Chanel's a vertebrae. Um in an altar. It freaked me out.
0: Did it freak you out? Yeah,
2: nobody warned me about it. And I was just like, There is an actual vertebrae in the altar. And then right freaked now. you
0: out. Yeah. Well, then you couldn't survive in the uh, church in Rome where it's all the bones. Well,
2: I went after that, and then I saw all the, you know, there's, you know, saints who are incorruptible, whose whole bodies are there. It's weird to me, but it's mm-hmm. cool at the same time. It's like, you know, weird and cool. Weird like, and cool. Like Just like, like you. Oh. Anyway, excited about our guest today coming on the Paul George show. we got a great show today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, in studio. Have an amazing guest on today, all the way from California, Alexis Walkenstein. How are you today?
1: Hey, good. How are you, Paul? Good. How's Thanks. Going?
2: Good. It's going great, actually. Thanks for taking the time. You and I have been knowing each other for years. I worked on a project together with Ignatius Press, I believe, years ago on the UCAT project. And we've kept in touch, yeah. so thanks for taking the time. You have a lot going on in your life, but, uh, you know, as we get started, I was looking at your last name, and <laughs> I was kind of like going through my head, I was like, this looks and sounds like a Jewish last name. Is that true?
1: <laughs> it's true. It's it's a Jewish last name for a good Catholic girl, and it, it just confounds everybody, um, but it, it's it's such a conversation piece. My dad's a Jewish convert. So I was raised Catholic. My mom's Catholic. And, um, we, um, we share this. You and I were both world youth day Denver kids. Yeah. Um, when I was, yeah, when I was 19. So
2: you went my out mom to and I, world youth day in yeah. Denver. Yeah. I was well, there I was
1: in college. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, me it's, too. It's a defining moment, defining moment. And, uh, I was just, you know, a couple years older than the high school kids I right. was chaperoning, and my mom was asked by my pastor and I and and my pastor's niece. We were classmates. And then, you know, he said, you know, I, have some, I need a guy out there because it's, you know, nobody in the American church really knew what to expect because it was right. still kind of the beginning of the world you say experience. Yeah. And so my mom's like, well, you can ask them. And so the pastor asked my dad, and we had this amazing experience where, the archdiocese of Boston parishes were—I'm from Boston, and even though I live in L.A., but parishes were, were removed because there were a couple of deaths due to dehydration,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, the leadership didn't want any, you know, any incidents with our kids, but word never got to our parish and one other parish, and to this day I don't know what parish that is. We got in, and we kind of made our little makeshift spots, and we could see the stage, but we couldn't really see faces from where we were. Mm-hmm. It was still, you know, a good probably, I don't know, 18 hours until the Holy Father was coming. And this guy approached us and said, I have 13 seats way down front. And we were really suspicious. You know, the Boston and us were kind of like, right. just, uh, you want to steal our shower curtain cards? <laughs> and uh, when we finally, you know, assessed the situation and realized, you know, maybe we should just, you know, follow the Holy Spirit we picked up all of our stuff that we had so carefully arranged in the dirt and um we were about twenty, twenty five deep from the stage of where the Holy Father was gonna appear and everybody just had like a really, really profound encounter. Wow. And for my dad it was really profound. And right away when we came back from the pilgrimage, he asked our pastor if he could take, you know, one on one classes to learn, you know, to really learn the faith and to enter into the church. So
2: That is crazy. Uh,
1: was, yeah, it was, it's amazing, and how God just, you know, I had a prayer as a teenager that we would have, you know, a, a unified, complete praying family, and I, I think I didn't even really know that it would happen, but it, it did, and, you know, you just pray those crazy big prayers and get out of the way and let God do what He's going to do, and
2: Oh my gosh. Awesome Leave it to John yeah. Paul II. I mean, you and I are a generation of of babies who grew up with him, you know, and he had exactly. such an impact on our lives and on the world. And it was funny because I was talking uh, earlier in the first segment that he just came through our town in the form of a vial of blood as a first class <laughs> relic, you know, and I'm like, here, uh, here, here's John Paul II. Right uh, you know, still making an impact. And, you know, he changed world. I remember being at world youth day and I had two images of him. One, I was so far away with him at one of the masses that he looked like a Q-tip. Uh, and then the, the other image I have is that he got off the stage and rode around in his Mobile, but he told the secret service to, to put down like the, uh, you know, the shields so that he could touch people's hands uh Mm -hmm. and so he wasn't in the glass casing uh and here's a guy who had already been shot right so it wasn't like he he didn't know the dangers Uh, and he came close to us through the barricades and i I was able to touch his hand Mm. his hand
1: that's amazing wow yeah
2: Yeah, i left world youth day in denver changed even more than when i got there Mm -hmm. certainly me too but I can't yeah. believe the story of your dad. That's fascinating. So so then your your whole family was in the church, and your, your prayers yeah. were, were answered. Uh, you've had a crazy life, a crazy journey, following the Lord. And uh, <laughs> the past few years, you've moved from Boston to California, and you're working on this yes. fascinating company and projects out there that a lot of people would be like, what? This is so cool. It's called Motive Marketing. What, what are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, so we, um, it's really amazing, you know, God just has led me, I had started working in film, I, I you know, worked in mainstream TV for many years, and then I was a office and communications director, created a 54-day Rosary Novena, and on day 55, I was, like, bounced into a faith agency that worked predominantly on film and publishing, that's how you and I met. Right. And then, you know, that agency kind of just crashed, and it was like the Lord was just you know, closing something down to move me, and I had a little bit of a pause, I was working back in mainstream TV, and then, you know, I was driving in after about 14 months on that mainstream job, and I was just not satisfied, you know, I felt like, you know, I had been working in the church for so long and doing so many things to kind of shift the culture, and God said to his day, leave, and I was like, What? And I said, Holy Spirit, you know, if that's, if that's the Lord, you know, make it the worst day ever. And I just, I left that job. I left that job just blind, you know, blind faith. And a month later, you know, I, I got a call from an actor that I worked with, you know, years ago when you and I were kind of getting together in ministry. And it was, you know, the entrance into working on a film called Little Boy. Yes. And M- mode of entertainment was working on that film. And one thing led to another. And it was one of those things where it was like blind faith. You know, it, it didn't seem like a real job. It was just kind of collaboration. And then the Holy Spirit is like, Do you trust me? And that movie led to another movie. And that led to, hey, I think you need to move to L.A. Why don't you come out here for a couple of weeks? And as I was coming out here, God was just working on me, showing me, you know, this is where you're coming and I'm going to make, I'm going to plant roots for you here. Wow. And so, yeah, so it's been, let's see, we worked on Little Boy, the movie Captive, uh, The Young Messiah, Ben-Hur with Mark Burnett and Roma Downey. Yeah. And we just wrapped up um, a huge movie called The Shack, which um, yeah. opened a few weeks ago, uh, Lionsgate film. And, you know, our company just works on, you know, films that, have a Christian message. Um, Some of them may not have deep, deep Christian themes, but they're films that, you know, insert, you know, the good and the true and the beautiful into the culture. And it's amazing to see how, you know, major studios in Hollywood are actually embracing films that have a Christian message. Some of them, you know, might be as big as having a sermon on a screen, like The Shack, and others, you know, are a little bit more subtle. Um, but it's it's just been a tremendous journey to, you know, interface with studios in that manner, working with faith press, mainstream press, all of churches, diocese, evangelical outreach. It's just been really very edifying and just kind of like, whoa, what's next, you know?
2: Yeah, it's so cool what you guys are doing, but could you have your hands in sort of all of culture, church different denominations within the church then you have it in the secular market and you're kind of reaching out you know with and all those trying to get you know and evangelize and get these movies out there i think kind of what at least what i know about motive marketing one of the movies that kind of got you guys launched out was the passion of the christ which set records in film for any movie much less a religious movie right
1: yeah, it really opened the door. I think for so many of these other movies to follow behind, right. and you know, last year was a pretty pretty record year. I mean, there are so many faith-based films that are now out there and have the opportunity to um, to have a showing. And it's it probably would never have happened if we didn't have a film like The Passion of the Christ. And slowly over time, the studios are really catching up to the fact that there's a huge faith audience. There's a huge faith and family audience that is wanting to have have these storylines you know mm-hmm. so it's pretty exciting to see the shift and you know you work over time and it's kind of like uncharted territory but now there is a little bit of a formula there yeah. is a little bit of a, um, a maneuvering and studios are realizing that there's a huge audience that's happened to so yeah
2: what's been the we're seeing m- more- yeah what's been the, like the coolest movie project you wor- worked on and where do you see sort of film having an impact uh, with evangelization in the world?
1: Uh, One of my favorite films to work on was probably The Way with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Hmm. That was a very, um, just a really neat experience because it wasn't necessarily, um, it was a subtle film, and it was really the kind of film that people could identify with main characters where we're, you know, kind of like you and I on the World Deep Day experience, you know, in Denver, but the whole idea of pilgrimage, that every man USA, you know, is, is on a journey. Right. And, um, you know, we're all headed somewhere, and, and where are we going? So, and then also just to work with, you know, the level of Martin, Sheen, and Emilio, and to kind of watch them journey through the process. Yeah, absolutely. And to be received by the Church. Like, the thing that I love about, you know, the whole the whole integration of what we do is is connecting the people in Hollywood to the church and to mm. the family of God, you know, because as they grow in their faith and, and are received by the apostles of the church, you know, they're able to take that grace and, and improve upon the next projects and to be able to have an ongoing conversation with people that can help them as they craft, you know, the next, the next film or the next, you know, the next whatever,
2: yeah, I look at some of these films—the way, of course, *The Passion of the Christ*, you know *The Shack*. But you know, really, a lot of these films have had a major impact on culture and on people's lives. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you talk about—you know—you talked about your dad's conversion, and we know so many people have had conversions, even you and I in our own lives. Um, do, you, right. do you see film playing a role in, in helping people in their conversion process?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, there's always. You know, you just don't know. I mean, I I find that, you know, sometimes there's a step that has to happen before someone's coming to church. You know, we don't always have the tools to be able to say to someone, you know, hey, have you ever considered this or have you ever considered that? And a movie is a very non-threatening way to just say, hey, you want to come see this movie with me? Yeah,
2: got a great question for you when we come back from the break. Paul George, Show. Cool. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you today. Paul George in studio have Alexis Walkenstein from Boston, really living in California, living the dream out in California, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, promoting all these films, doing all this cool work on faith. Uh, You know, I I can ask you all day long about movies and stories uh, that that you've experienced. That would fascinate me. But I I really want to get into some of the the new stuff that you're doing. Uh, You're launching uh, a new radio show, Um, or you're a new radio host on a radio show. You can explain that to me. Mary's touch, which is this radio program that goes around the world. Uh, and so here you are jumping in into a new media medium, uh, kind of an offshoot of what you're still doing. Um, tell me about, uh, Mary's touch and, and. Yeah. And your role there. Isn't it funny? Yeah.
1: You and I are both doing radio, so I guess God's still doing radio, right? You know, the Holy Spirit's still present there. I, you know, it's so crazy. I had done a 54-day Rosarino novena, and that led me to, you know, an agency that I was working in in Atlanta, and I met so many great people, and one of them was a woman named Sherry Lamonte, who was... Uh, the founder of Mary's Touch, Inc., which uh, produced a weekly radio show, you know, dedicated to Our Lady, and she also um, founded an organization, nonprofit called Frontline Faith, which positioned faith content loaded on modern technology to men and women in the military and the front lines. And I was repping her for all the PR to make Frontline Faith known in the world. And she was just an amazing woman of God, And we did great work together and, you know, agency shut down. That campaign was over. Life goes on, yada, yada. A few years go by. And, um, I was here in Hollywood and we reconnected and out of the blue this year, you know, she contacted me and they asked me if I would be willing to take over the show as she retired. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, I couldn't believe it. You know, I really love the Blessed Mother and, um, I wasn't sure how I would fit it all in with, you know, doing everything that I'm doing um, for the day job, the 24-7 day job. Right. Um, but, you know, God makes a way where there is no way, and it's really kind of a no-brainer when God's will manifests and when it's about Our Lady and your life is just dedicated to Our Lady. It's like, okay, Lord, you know, this is what you want to do, especially in this year that we have this beautiful Marian year dedicated to the 100-year anniversary of the apparitions at Fatima, Portugal, I can't think of a better way to just respond with my little yes, and just do my little part to help you know make her name known and, and for a new generation. You know, there's so much confusion about what it means to be a woman in today's society, what it means to be a man in today's society, and I think that you know putting all these things you know under her mantle and kind of cracking them open in a contemporary way, um, how we can have Marian devotion that leads us to greater devotion to our Lord um, in these times in which we live is, is something that God obviously wants. So
2: yeah, that's fascinating. Fascinating. I'm talking to uh, Alexis Walkenstein. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at, which I love. It's just your last name who, who can get their, their Twitter <laughs> handle as their last name at Walkenstein. Uh, and of course uh, the radio show at Mary's touch, you can find out information. So, um, so it's a it's a weekly radio show that you'll be hosting. It's based in in yeah. Austin, Texas, right?
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful community in Austin, Texas, where um, we have an amazing you know producer and engineer who's fabulous, and you know we'll be cranking out a bunch of shows at a time, and we already have several in the can. I was there last week, and I'm so excited about just. You know the people that are going to be helping. You know, just kind of to communicate God's love through through Mary. And um, we're on every week. You can get it also, on, you know, online and on a podcast. And um, you know, Relevant Radio takes us. If you go to Mary's Touch dot org, you can find out where the show airs in your area. But um, it's a half hour program, and it whips by. But it's just a good enough amount of time to kind of give people some tantalizing conversation that will hopefully draw people and, and give people, like, the seed and the desire to go a little bit deeper and to kind of explore on their own. So I'm really excited to just um, work with everybody in Austin. We have a huge prayer closet too, which is really exciting because I believe in the power of prayer. So anyone that's listening to the show or has prayer requests, um, they can send them in to us and everything is prayed over at Eucharistic Adoration, and we have a huge prayer team, which is really cool. Wow,
2: that's fascinating. Uh, Community around um, this whole show. Um, Yeah, it's so cool. I can get get into all these conversations about Mary, but what is it about Mary that really has drawn you into a deeper relationship with her? Like, what point did you, in your Christian life, come into a devotion of Mary and, and kind of this this deeper understanding of who she is?
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I Mary has been a pivotal player. You know, she's one of those um, behind-the-scenes players in my life as a child. You know, we always had a devotion to her. Um, the women were the strong influence in my family because, you know, my, my dad wasn't the faith formator. You know, he was on his own journey until he became Catholic. But, um, you know, we had a devotion to the Miraculous Medal, which was always really powerful influence so I became aware at a young age of Mary under the various titles and how mm. she appeared to people over time, all over the globe. And so I became a seeker of those messages young. And then when my father was having his conversion, you know, before um, before we went to World Youth Day, he had asked my mom, you know, he'd asked me what my mother might want for her birthday. And I said, I think she wants a statue of the Blessed Mother in the backyard, and he was like, mm, I don't know about that. And I was like, no, that's what she wants.
2: <laughs> that's what she wants. <laughs>
1: that's what she wants, you know. she's kind of like a place where she's, you know, made known. And so he he was so cute. You know, he went about, um, there was this place where we had this old apple tree that, like, you know, was struck by lightning. And so he made this area, um, an area of devotion. And he went out and got the statue. And He built it. He engineered, because he's an engineer. He engineered this whole area, and as he was, you know, putting every rock down, and every, he was, unbeknownst to us, he was having an interior, you know, conversation with Our Lady. No and, way. you know, for the for the Jewish people, it's like, that's a little bit of a stumbling block, yeah. is, I mean, she's our Jewish mama, but you know, it was a little bit of a stumbling block for, it's one thing for Jesus, but, you know, to understand how how the honoring of, of Our Lady and God's Mother fits into that plan. So, mm-hmm. And, of course, World Youth Day is centered around Our Lady, um, on her Assumption. So we have all these deep mysteries that are kind of, you know, around us for us to enter into. And, you know, so that was a pivotal moment, just to kind of see Our Lady work on the interior life of my dad and bring it to fulfillment, you know, yep. in front of her son, you know, yep. John Paul II and the Vicar of Christ. And then, you know, of course for me the rosary over my life has been very powerful. I was in a rosary cynical for years with a young adult where we would pray, you know, on Sunday nights, you know, all the decades of the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet and as families, you know, all different age groups and twenty somethings and teenagers and and it was awesome. You know, we would enter into this like weekly prayer that just set the tone for our week and then, you know, later my, my rosary devotion really intensified. And it's what really has moved me. I see Mary's movements in my life where if I really contemplate on the Annunciation and just kind of enter into that mystery and let her um, lead me the way that she blindly was led by God, I can see the fruit of my life in a greater way. Uh, And so... So great.
2: You know, I tell people...
1: Entering. All the
2: time. Like, you know, when they're struggling with maybe someone in their family uh, or friend spouse kid uh, who's away from the church they're praying for their conversion I I, I pray to Mary you know uh yeah. pray to Mary for that person's heart their conversion and they might not have some epiphany of Mary but Mary will be active in helping them in their conversion to Christ and Definitely. he she is our, our you know our closest gateway our entry into this relationship with Christ and not everybody thinks of it that way and certainly, you know, our our Christian brothers and sisters who aren't Catholic or have this devotion maybe not understand it that way, but we know uh that that she she paves the way for us to know Christ and to find Christ even in our darkest and deepest moments, you know.
1: Totally. And lately I've been meditating on that part of the Annunciation where the angel said to her, you know, not to be afraid that the, it's by the Holy Spirit that overshadowed you, has this been done? And so lately I'm like, you know, just I want the Holy Spirit to overshadow me in the same way that the Holy Spirit overshadowed you and made something out of nothing. And so I've been just kind of meditating on that. That chunk is so rich. Like you could just take so many areas of, of the whole Annunciation alone, but just to let the Holy Spirit overshadow our lives and take over where there might be stagnant things or unanswered prayers or things that haven't been fulfilled yet. And just to, you know, to enter into that mystery with her and let the Holy Spirit overshadow and, and produce what, what God wants to produce.
2: Hmm. Yeah. You know, the, the image in the passion of the Christ, you know, we're talking about that film, the, the way that, that, that film, uh, portrayed Mary. I have a lot of really cool images from that movie that they were able to capture not only of her, her just serenity uh, of her, her humility, but her, Her willingness to fight and be there with her son. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought they did just a tremendous job of of capturing our Blessed Mother in a way that, for me, uh, I've I've often just seen Mary in a statue, you know, as a statue. Right. Um, Right. And she's a real person, lived a real life, and she's certainly the greatest of all saints. And we believe that she's active and moving today. Like, she's not a statue Um, She has the ability to transform our hearts and help convert the world, you know? So we really need to grow in that devotion to her. So last words of encouragement for for those listening about a relationship with Mary.
1: Last words of encouragement. I would say that, you know, um, even if you don't feel anything when you're praying to her or you're not necessarily attracted, I would just say... Love is a decision, not a feeling. And just enter in, you know, ask Our Lady to help you. Ask Our Lady to transform your heart so that your heart will be susceptible and receptive to God's will. Because His way, ultimately, is going to be the most perfect way for your life. You could be fighting against, you know, just going your own way or your own self-will.
2: Alexis, thanks so much. You can find Alexis at Walk & Stand on Twitter and at Mary's Touch uh, the new show coming out. So thank you so much for taking the time today. We're gonna have you back on soon.
1: Oh, definitely. Thank you, Paul. God bless you for all you're doing.
2: Yeah, you too. Welcome back to the show. Paul George. Great to be with you today. Adam got some good music playing on the show today.
0: Always. For a great guest, and need great music.
2: Yeah, you've been quiet over there. Yeah. So you've been thinking about music to play for this segment.
0: That's right.
2: <laughs> well, it's great that you're back. I'm glad uh, that you're here. So what you, Would you learn <laughs> on the show today?
0: I learned that you have trouble with last names.
2: I learned that you're judging
0: me. It was, it was fun to watch you try to pronounce your name several times differently. I literally just seeing what would stick. I guess <laughs>
2: pronounced her name differently so, every time. Not so the Alexis part, which by the way, she's a Alexis great is guest, a great name. You gotta follow Alexis on Twitter. Walkenstein. Or she has Can a blog, Lexi Blog, uh, out there. Uh, say Walkenstein. Just do. But it. I did say her name differently every time, yep. and yep. I, f- I feel really bad about it. But I'm just, I, I have this.
0: Just say it, Walkenstein.
2: So I would say Walkenstein, Walkenstein. Yep. There Walken, it is, right there. Yeah, Walkenstein. Yeah, walk, yeah walk, you did walk in, it. Walk in, walk in, walk in. What did you learn? So I learned that uh, relics are really weird, b- mm-hmm. but cool.
0: But cool. Yeah. You do seem a little creeped out by it, though. Kind of like you. When you started talking about weird, the relics, cool. this like creeped out face came on
2: you. It's me. creepy. It's weird, but it's actually really cool. Yeah. And I also learned that Mary can help you find a job.
0: Yeah, that was a nice little nugget, huh?
2: Yeah. Maybe Mary invented LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, it's the origi- heaven is the original LinkedIn.
2: Heaven is they, the original name. They have, they have connections. Yeah, so if you're looking for a job or a job change, career change, apparently Mary's the way to go. Yeah. And I would not argue that point, by the way. No. So if someone wants to send me like a letter or a tweet and say, I disagree, good for you, but I will not change my opinion on that. Yeah, I
0: dare anybody to try to prove you wrong on that. Yeah, me too. Because they will they will experience- So anyway, that's
2: what I learned. But uh, more importantly... Uh, shout out to Bradley Jutti, who loves our six-pack of questions. So, Adam, mm-hmm. in regards to pepperoni pizza and pineapple and Bradley Jutti, how about those six-pack of questions?
0: Question number one. So, y- y'all are both at World Youth Day in Denver, along with how many other people?
2: Thousands of Millions.
0: Thousands and millions. Thousands and millions. Is that a scientific calculation? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just did the math.
0: All right. So what was one one great story, maybe a funny one, from your World Youth Day experience, other than what you said earlier?
2: Well, other than the fact that the logistics were horrible, Mm -hmm. okay, and the lines, I can't explain to you how many people were there. It was a lot. Uh, But the lines to the porta-potties were so long that people were using the bathroom in their
0: pants. Are you serious?
2: Yeah. And I think that's funny. Do you
0: think Pope John Paul II had that in mind when he thought of World Youth Day? I think he had no Let's idea. Let's create an event where people <laughs> will be going in their pants.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It literally was happening. Like like not in like one or two people. Like the lines were so long you could be like the thousandth person in the line is what oh I'm saying. Oh my goodness. Like it was the lines were that long.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's commitment to Jesus and to the Holy Father. Yeah, to, I think if people would have
2: known that ahead of time, they <laughs> might have not gone. But anyway, that was funny. Uh, let me see what some other things were funny. I'd have I'd have to think about it. But
0: uh, yeah, well, that was pretty good. That I was, had no idea that happened. No, world, it, it it happened. Wow. Okay, number two.
2: Speaking of number
0: two. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Uh, so y'all discussed a few great films that she was involved in, and the company was involved in. Pretty awesome, but. One was The Passion of the Christ. Now, this, I think it's hard for us to remember. I mean, it came out in 2004, so it's 13 years ago. Yeah. It's hard for us to remember the type of seismic event this was. But yep. it was a big old event. So everybody has a story about the first time they watched it. Yeah. Can you tell me yours?
2: I did. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and they did a, the marketing firm, you know, that was promoting the movie. There was a bunch of promotional firms that were behind getting, the movie, okay, but one came through Atlanta, and we got to preview the movie. And Jim Caviezel came in for it. He's the guy that played Jesus. Wow. And I got to meet him. Uh, I got to introduce him on stage because I was hosting this event. So you asked this question not knowing this, right? No. And so I was hosting this event, so I got to meet Jim Caviezel, who at the time was famous for this movie called The Thin Red Line, mm-hmm. which was a, you know a war movie. He was a fascinating character in that movie. So I had known him like he was a real deal actor, so then he's playing Jesus, and I didn't really get it because I was like, how do you do that and then play Jesus? And then I saw the film, and I was like, whoa. So
0: you met him before the film or after?
2: I met him before we previewed the film, okay. but he told a story that night as he was talking to people that as he was hanging on the cross, he got struck by lightning. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it was a real story.
0: Uh, he wasn't making it up, and uh, yeah, crazy. That is wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, number three. So she mentioned a fifty-four day rosary novena. That's a real thing. Wow, it's a marathon. So I know you're into being very athletic physically, but spiritually, what's the longest novena you've ever prayed? That one. You've done that? Yeah. Why? Uh, How did a it couple go? of
2: times. I've done the fifty-four day rosary novena, and it is a marathon. And there's points in it that it's like this is painful. I don't know if I'll make it through like a marathon. Like You know, you fall asleep at night, you're like, I got to get the the rosary novena in, because you pray the rosary and you do some novena prayers, so it's not like you're just saying like a sentence each day of a novena. It's 54 days, which is uh, divided by nine, is how many novenas basically kind of put together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that a couple of times. When Gretchen and I and our family, we were discerning certain things and trying to just to kind of hone in, uh, build in some prayer and some discipline, so... I never knew about it, never thought about it, but maybe about, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, it came into play, and we were like,
0: all right, let's do it. Did it work out?
2: It was awesome. Grew closer to Mary, and yeah, Mary is the the inventor of LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> I love the way you say LinkedIn, by the way. Yeah. That's good.
2: Walkenstein. Um, Walkenstein. Number four. LinkedIn Dean.
0: So another film that she talked about, was one I love as well, The Way with Martin Sheen. Have you seen this?
2: You know what, bro? Can I be honest right uh-huh. now? I never saw
0: it. Okay, well, go watch it because it's awesome. And
2: I have a pet peeve of people who say they saw something and didn't because they feel embarrassed by it. They're like, yeah, 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 I saw that.
0: Well, you're a hero of honesty, sir. Yeah. Um, no, The Way is an awesome film. It's about a, I, won't, I don't want to give it away, but it's, it's, it's kind of centered around the famous pilgrimage to Spain and the Via de Compostela. The Camino. The Camino. Yeah. So that trip is on many people's bucket list. Is it on your list? Yes. But I would like to bike it.
2: Really? Yeah, because if you... Is that allowed? Yeah. So if you walk it, it's a month. Okay. It takes a month to walk it. So I know all about the Camino, right? Mm -hmm. And I do need to watch the film. But you can bike it, and it takes two weeks.
0: So... It's half the time.
2: It's half the time, half the money... Who has a month? So maybe when I retire, <laughs> which will be never, my kids are out of the house. Gretchen and I will do the Camino. We'll walk it. but Or you can bike it. Or you can bike it.
0: Well, when you so watch, it, is, yes, it, it is allowed. Well, I, I make a prediction. When you finally watch The Way, you will start planning your trip. And The Way centers on a father-son relationship. Yeah. It'll just tug at your heart. You'll start planning your trip.
3: No, I That's believe That's my it. prediction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to do it. Yeah. All right, number five. Who helped you the most in your own devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary? Oh, gosh. Hmm. I'm thinking of, like, originally. Like, who turned you on to that devotion? Who taught you about it?
2: You know, it wasn't really until my adult years that uh, I even began to think about Mary. Um, I grew up sort of nominally Catholic, uh, had a reconversion in the church, uh, you know, later in high school and college. So Mary, I didn't, never really understood her, and it wasn't really until my adult years that I began to read about her. Um, but Father Gately wrote a book, 33 Day. Um, to Morning Glory. To Morning Glory, a devotional, and someone gave it to me. And I said, you know what, now's the time. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to do this devotion, and then turned me on to Louis de Montfort. Mm-hmm. uh who wrote the uh not the original but a devotion to mary and I began to read that and I begin to see uh Mary really begin to transform my life in a in a in a new way, a different way. And since then I've just been linked in. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you something else. Walkenstein. Um good, you did it. Yeah. That was it. Number six. So she mentioned several faith-based films that they've worked on, which have been awesome. And I know as you were attention. sitting
2: there, you were loving what she was saying oh, yeah. because you're passionate about, passionate m- about the media and, and culture. Media. Absolutely. And I was kind of waiting for you to, to like, turn your mic on and say something. Oh, I would never.
0: I would never interrupt your interview. Call.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So she mentioned all these films, right? Good thing we're not Facebook Live because we were kind of fighting. If it would have been on video, people would have seen us.
0: Well, maybe we should let them see us. Kind of fighting. Um, so if you had to write the script of a faith-based film, like if if Alexis came to you and said, Paul, we think you're the guy for our next big project, what would be the title and the plot or idea of your faith-based film? Dude, I can't just throw that. Yes, you can. I asked this knowing that you can give me an answer in under 10 seconds.
2: I'd do a Lego movie of Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, It's like yeah. the
0: Bible Lego.
2: The Bible Lego movie.
0: Now, would you kind of zoom in on a on an interesting part of his life, like Young Messiah, where we don't know anything about his childhood, but do it like Lego style and kind of imagine what it'd be like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Legos, part? Lego style movie. Um, I, would, I would love to see like, um, you know, him turning over the tables in the temple and the Legos kind of exploding.
0: Nice. Yeah. Like an action movie. An
2: action Jesus movie with
0: Legos. So you could zoom in on that day when he, and yeah. then, oh yeah. man. Yeah. All right, what are you going to call it?
2: and then you have him walking on the water, you know, you could go into the Old Testament of parting of the sea, like you can tie it all in, the old covenant and the new. That's beautiful. This is an action figure movie of Legos action from the Jesus. Bible, Action Jesus. I love it.
0: Yeah. So what are you going to call it? What's the name of this? Oh
2: man, you have put me on the spot. I would call it um uh Let Go and Lego for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is going (laughs) way too far oh my gosh anyway it's been a great show thanks to Alexis Walkenstein yes got it right at Walkenstein Uh, it's a Paul George show you can find us on um, internet paulgeorge.la shows a podcast on iTunes Twitter at paulgeorgeii we're all over the place Adam thanks so much for the show today bro Talk to you next week. God bless.